Hey guys, it's Matt here, and I got a story for you. When I was a kid, I was playing hockey, and oh man, there was this one year, this one team, we could not beat these guys. They were all over us. There were competitive games, though. They were tight, but we just could not beat them. And I remember the last game of the year, it was up against this team, and we were gearing up. We were like, we have to get these guys. When we won that last game, it was so satisfying because we finally got the victory over the team that had dummied us, that had dominated us for so long. I think this is the same thing with sexual brokenness, with sexual sin, where there's been brokenness in our lives and the enemy has come and taken ground and he's dominated us for so long, but we get to make a difference. We get to be part of a message and a a mission of freedom. It is such a cool opportunity. So I want to invite you, men and women of any age, to be part of the Action Squad. The Action Squad is something that we're putting together right now. We're looking for 100 people to be on the Action Squad. There's going to be some competitive nature to it. There's prizes. And we're going to work together to help produce a documentary that is literally going to change the world. We're featuring stories of sexual brokenness, of people who have been restored and redeemed, reconciled to God and to people in their their lives. And we're going to feature these stories in this world-class documentary that will be a resource for churches to host movie nights, for small small groups to watch together, for families to watch and be inspired by. And it's going to highlight the problem in the church, but also show the, the power of God that is at work when we bring this stuff to light. And so if you want to be part of the Action Squad and help us put this documentary together, I would love for you to go to restoredministries.ca slash Action Squad. You can watch a 10-minute video there that I put together on what it can look like for you to join us in this mission and be part of putting this documentary together. So restoredministries.ca slash Action Squad. Hope to see you there. Welcome to the Pure Victory Podcast, full of hot tips to help you win at sex, conquer porn, and find purpose in staying free forever. Here are your hosts, Matt Klein and Braden Hafner. Welcome to the Pure Victory Podcast. My name is Braden Hafner, and over across from me is Matt Klein. We're excited to be here with you. We're excited to do this week in and week out with you as we journey together what it means to have victory and to be pure. And there's so many areas that we're going to touch on in that regard. So many topics that we're going to just unpack and then deal with. But today, we're really going to get going on kind of who we are as people and who you're listening to. Like I said, across from me is my good friend, Matt Klein. So today, we're going to be discussing his journey and his life in regards to purity, the kind of the battle that he had in his journey with that and with pornography. And, and we're just going to unpack what that looks like. We're really excited to do this because we want to give hope. We want to bring hope to people who are in the same place, who want to know what is the process that I can have to get freedom. And we hope for the church too, that this is a tool that they can use to just bless their people, unpack the the journey that each person goes through in this and, and just provide something for them. And we hope that this is something that brings a greater awareness to this, these issues that are, that are happening. So yeah, we're just going to get going here. But Matt, anything else you want to add with that? Welcome to the show. This is going to be fun. It's going to be awesome. We want to equip people to to get free. I know both of us have gotten free from pornography, and so we want to we want to help everybody get free too, and every it's possible. So, so let's get going. That's right. To get going, so Matt, tell me a little bit about yourself first, so people understand. I mean, you can get into your hockey background for sure. I know that's not what everybody wants to hear, but we're in Canada, so you can kind of touch on that a little bit. 
just your journey overall with, with moving towards purity, your testimony with that, just, just unpack what that looked like for you, especially dealing with pornography and purity and relationships and everything that wrapped up around that. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Hockey is a flavor of the day in Canada every day. So hockey is always relevant to some people. But I uh, played high level hockey. I played, it's called the Western Hockey League in Canada. And Kind of the highest level of junior, step below professional. And then I got hurt when I was 18, got a concussion, and started growing into my adult years. Then I started ministry when I was 26 years old. Today I'm married to a beautiful girl named Louise, and we have a 15-month-old son, David, who's the joy of our lives every day. He's a lot of fun, so... Mm We're watching him grow and watching him change, and he's speaking some kind of language right now. He's not quite speaking English right now, but it's, he's pretty fun. <laughs> yeah, he's a, he's an amazing boy. He's I think he's, he's got a little bit of hockey in him there. I think that's going to be, uh, I don't know what his drafter will be, but... Uh, we gave him hockey sticks for Christmas, and the next morning, the first thing he did was he went and grabbed his hockey sticks, so yeah. he's into it. <laughs> <laughs> and if you don't know Louise, he mentioned his wife. She is the famous former Louise Solbrecken, so that's how you're going to know Matt as well. He is the husband of Louise. My wife is pretty well known in in the Edmonton circles. I go in public a lot of times, probably a couple of times a month. People point at me, strangers point at me in the shopping mall, in the grocery store and restaurants. They go, hey, are you Louise's husband? Braden always says I should just get a shirt. He says, yes, I am Louise's husband. I think that needs to be made for you, for (laughs) sure. Yeah, that needs to be made. So you said, you mentioned growing up playing hockey, and I had that background a bit too, not to the level you did. I understand as you know, you, you grow up in that environment that it can be difficult to follow Christ. Not only that, just it's a struggle with relationships and especially pornography and in the area of lust and all those different areas. It's just a different world. So break that down for me. How did, kind of what's your journey and how did that start and how did that intertwine with each other? Yeah, man. Well, I grew up a pastor's kid and not only pastor's kid, but a pastor's grandkid and a pastor's nephew. And there's just pastors everywhere in my family. So lots of people would come to me as a kid and be like, are you going to be a pastor too? And I just look at them with those blank stare and say, what are you talking about? I'm going to play hockey. It was just all hockey for me. And and but I was always like I was a Christian. I just didn't ever really understand what it was to have a relationship with Jesus and how that would transform your life. So growing up in the hockey circles, that was everything. But I always kind of felt this tension, like I don't I'm a Christian, so I don't want to be in the hockey culture so much, but I'm also a hockey player and, and that's what I wanted to do with my life. And so dealing with pornography, I mean that started when I was about eleven years old. It was something that all my teammates would do. But I thought that I'm a Christian, so I don't want to let them know that I do it because then that's a bad witness. But then I did do it. And I always kind of felt guilty inside, never told anybody that that was part of my life in, in, in the dressing room or in the church or my family or nobody knew. So it was a secret thing for me for a long time. I know for me, dealing with it, it was kind of two different worlds, right? Like you have one world where it's normal. You know, if you're not looking yeah. at porn, if you're not doing that, then what's wrong with you? And yeah. then you're in the church where there wasn't much talked about in regards to pornography. It was just kind of swept underneath the, mar- the the carpet a lot of the time. So how how did you wrestle with that? I mean, you're living in these two different worlds with different expectations. Yeah, like you watch you watch something you shouldn't watch on Saturday night, and then you go to church Sunday, and you just feel you feel like you're the only one, hey? Yeah. And you're not the only one. And, and it's unfortunately more normal than it should be in the church, but that's just the lie that, that Satan feeds you. And so you feel so alone, you feel guilty, you feel shameful. And then and then I'd go to hockey, though, and I just felt like I couldn't really fit in because I wanted to give a, a Christian witness. I wanted to live for the Lord, but I knew that I was still, I had sin in my life and I didn't really want to fully live the life that all my teammates were living in terms of partying and 
drinking and stuff like that. So there was always a tension and not really fully knowing who I was, I think, was kind of at the core of that. Right. And you're playing a high-level hockey, so you're performing there. I mean, expectations are on you to perform when you're at that level. Did you find, too, that you're also having to perform in front of maybe the Christian community? Uh, You have safe face, right? I don't want to know what's going on, or I don't want people to know what's going on behind closed doors here. So you have to kind of put that that image out that everything's good. That was for me definitely what I kind of I felt. Does that resonate with you? Is that something you kind of felt too? You're performing in these two different worlds. You definitely want to save face, and unfortunately, it's easy for us to live like that no matter what our struggle is in in life, because you see everybody else worshiping in church, or everybody else if they're praying or praying aloud or, or talking about their prayer life, or you know, quoting scriptures that you don't know, and you just feel so inadequate, right? Right? So then when you have this big struggle with pornography, that's an even bigger struggle than, oh, maybe I just don't know the scripture that someone knows. I mean, this is something that's big and there's it's it's done in isolation. So you want to keep it secret because it's something you don't want to talk about. And yeah, you feel this pressure to perform, but that kind of then just compounds the issue because then every day you're, you're pretending to be someone you're not. And it just kind of goes downhill from there. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's a stressful environment to be in, for sure. And I can resonate with that. Hearing that, kind of you're, you have this this mask almost you're trying to create and maintain. How did you move towards a great understanding of the battle that you're going through, especially pushing it underground a little bit? You know, what what was the breaking point for you where you're like, okay, I need to get healthy here. How do I, how do, I do this? Where do I turn? Who do I even talk to? You know, what was your process with that? Yeah, well, when I was 11, when I was first shown pornography by a friend, I knew right away that it was wrong, like the instant he showed me. I didn't know what it was. I didn't know what pornography was. I didn't know people did that. So it was a shock to my system, but I knew it was wrong. But at the same time, I wanted it. And so I went home and I started that life of doing it in secret and and hiding from my parents and, and searching it out pretty much every day for a long time. How did you discover, hey, I need to get healthy and where do I go? Who do I talk to? Right. Yeah. So when I was 11, when I started watching it, like I knew it was wrong and I knew it wasn't something that I wanted to do forever. But what I would tell myself, I would say, I want to do this or, or like I'm okay doing this until I'm married. But once I'm married, I want to stop. And so it came to a point where as I grew older, I, I was I was 18, 19. I remember, I remember I told someone for the first time when I was 19 and it felt like this weight was lifted off my shoulders. So kind of that shame started breaking when I was when I started to talk to people. And I remember just kind of kind of every time I would talk to someone new, like the first person was really hard. The second person was hard too, but the third person just got a little bit easier every time. And I felt a little less shame about it every time I would talk to someone. But I remember then thinking like, if I want to be done by the time I'm married, there's got to be a last time. So I was watching pornography one night and, I, and that thought came to me, like, if I want to be done by the time I'm married, there's got to be a last time. And I thought I want to be done watching pornography for a year before I date someone because I didn't want to be cuddling with my girlfriend on the couch and have these thoughts in my mind that I was watching from the night before, right? So I wanted to be done for a year. I remember I was just I was watching what I was watching and I just closed the computer and I thought, okay, this is going to be it. And I stopped watching for two and a half years at that point. I mean, that's not a normal experience for everybody in regards to pornography. So why was it that you were able to stop for two and a half years? Did you find it was willpower or what What the reason why that you had that long stretch? Yeah, you know what? I think there's some scripture that we can go into too to give some understanding to this. But it was willpower for sure. It was my own willpower. And we don't want to live by our willpower. We want to live by God's power. But I didn't understand that at that point. So I stopped. And, and honestly, it was weird. By that time, I've been watching pornography for like 10 years and couldn't stop the whole time, even if I wanted to. I had such a grip on me. Mm-hmm. And then I closed the computer that night. And I literally wasn't even tempted for like six months. Wow. 
I remember the time where six or maybe even eight months later, I was watching TV and the thought came and I was like, whoa, I haven't had that thought forever. But I just thought at that point in my life, I'm like, man, I made such a good decision. And there was no like thanking God for his grace and and being intimate with him. There was none of that. It was just like, I made a good decision. Look at what I'm doing now. Look at me. Two and a half years later, I I stumbled again because a, a guy told me his some site that he went to. Mm-hmm. And I just got my iPhone like that month, my first smartphone. Oh, uh, yeah. I was in bed that night and I was thinking like, oh, man, I wasn't I'm not into this site that he was talking about. I think it's really weird, but it was pornographic. So I'm like, well, I, I'm just curious. Like, I'm curious to know why would someone want to look at it? I went to that site thinking that I wouldn't stumble and like, 30 seconds later, I'm back to the old go-to site that I went to two and a half years before. And it was back, it was deeper than ever. But it says in scripture in Genesis 4, it says that God says to Cain that Satan is crouching at the door waiting to master him. Or sin is crouching at the door and he must master over sin. But I never mastered over it. I didn't realize that sin was crouching at the door. Satan was crouching at the door waiting to master me. And it says that Jesus resisted Satan. And then Satan fled, but he waited for an opportune time, right? Right. So then later on in Jesus' life, he was going to come maybe when he was weak or at some points. So I think Satan just let me kind of live in my own pride, my own willpower for a couple of years. And then once I was weak, I had my iPhone. I wasn't guarded with the Lord. Right. I had kind of let thoughts come into my mind and thought I was, you know, I could look at this and I I'll, I won't stumble. Like there was that pride there, right? And and so he got me two and a half years later. Wow. That's such an interesting story. You know, we can go for long stretches just on our willpower alone. You know, we think we got it, right? We, yeah. We, we got this beat. So for you, I guess you're telling people out there that are listening, cutting your story. Where does willpower come into play though? You know, is there a place for it? And where's the other part of surrender? Where does that part come into play? How do those work together and how did it work for you? I think if we completely surrender to God, then he partners with us. Like God gives us willpower, but there's there's research done too that we have willpower at, at certain points of the day more so than others. Mm-hmm. And most pornography is watched at night and most people have a, a lower level of willpower at night. It's so dependent on circumstances, our willpower. It's dependent on how much have you eaten, how well yeah. have you eaten. You're how, tired or right? how, yeah. how good did you sleep yeah. last night? I mean, where are your relationships at, right? Your willpower is, is we have it, but it's not what you want to depend on. And so you want to just surrender to the Lord, be like, I'm going to submit my mind to you. I'm going to be spirit-led, not not necessarily emotion-led or feeling-led, and have him be the source. So what happened was I, I was free for two and a half years. Then I stumbled back for two and a half years. It was worse than ever. And sometimes I tell this story and people's eyes get big, like they're terrified, like, oh, I'm never going to get free. I can be free for two and a half years and then stumble again. Like, I'm never going to get free. But there's good news because then once I got free the second time, then I started learning about intimacy with Jesus. I started learning about surrender and having his power be my strength. Right. And that's why I've been able to sustain freedom for, for years and years now. So you've experienced kind of both sides of the coin, really working hard on your own, having that willpower, you know, having that long stretch, but then going back and being it even more deeply entrenched in your life after that. Yeah. You've, you've had both. So you, you kind of alluded to this a bit, but that second time, what was the stage in the process for you to finally, or the, the main pivotal points for you that so you, you moved out of that second phase into freedom? That's a good question. Yeah. I remember when I was, back my second go around struggling for two and a half years and it was harder than ever I remember thinking and praying and asking the Lord like I had this thing about not dating for a year 
that was so strong in my life that it was like an anchor that I could hold on to. And I would I would be praying, I'd be asking God, like, why is that not strong enough? Why can I not quit? And I would try to be like, okay, I'm not going to date for a year, but then I, it wouldn't be strong enough. And I think that was just the Lord being like, it's because you're relying on your own willpower, on your own ideas, you're not relying on me. And so I just kept praying and, and thinking like, I remember saying to God so much, give me something to hold on to. Give me something to hold on to. I want something to hold on to and help me to quit. But at the same time, separately, I'd be praying like, Lord, use me. I always wanted to be used by him to advance his kingdom and impact people. And I always wanted that. So I remember in a church service, it was during worship and I was sitting down and I, I heard him whisper in my ear, Matt, you got to get pure because I can't use you till you're pure. And some people think that's not theological, that, oh, we're broken vessels and he works through right. broken vessels. I get that. But here's the thing. Jesus was the least broken vessel that's ever been and he was used the most. Right. So God does want us to get pure. He does want us to get free from, free from the things that are holding us back and the sin that's in our life. And when he does that, then God can use those things for great power. And anyway, so he said that. He said, I can't use you till you get pure. And I went, this is the thing that I'm going to hold on to. This is the thing that the anchor that he's given me. And so I remember then thinking, okay, I'm going to get, I'm going to be free. I'm going to, this is the thing. I'm going to stop watching pornography. I did. And three or four weeks later, God gave me the call then to go and start ministry. He came into my room in this powerful encounter. I could feel God's presence in my room. I'd never experienced that before. It was kind of like uh, when Moses says, send your presence ahead of me right, or like right. send your presence with or God says I'll send my presence with you to Moses going into Egypt it was like his presence was in my room it was a powerful encounter but he said I want you to go start a ministry now help people with pornography and so I then thought well if he's calling me to do this he knows I'm free and so again pride came in and I thought I am free now right and so I didn't start equipping myself with these tools that we'll, that we'll talk about right but as temptation then started coming, I thought, why am I getting tempted? Because I'm already free. And it was this right. lack of understanding the process. Right. And so over the next few months, then I started learning more about like where prayer comes in and where worship comes in. And in the moments of temptation, just being like, thank you, God, that you're my strength and start worshiping him. Right. And understanding that he's he's the one that we got to hold on to in those times. Wow, that's powerful. I think a lot of the times people in particular that are battling this, the lack of understanding in this whole area is one of the yeah. biggest challenges that they face. So yeah. they get frustrated and discouraged and then they don't feel like they can be used. But just to get a glimpse of, of your life and, and how God's used you, how has being sober and healthy changed you? How has it changed the people around you in your life? I mean, I, I'll just say right now, I see Matt's ministry from a distance and from the inner parts too because we do so much together just from your own words like how have you seen god work through you and in your own life and to those around you well it's amazing i remember like growing up in my teen years i didn't really have close friends because like i was saying that tension i'm not really fully in my identity and how i live a hockey player but i'm also more a hockey player than i'm a christian i didn't really have close friends i held myself back i didn't open up to people and so i remember after i got free from pornography i was driving in a parking lot and i had this revelation or I had this realization to be less Christianese. <laughs> like I had this realization, like I I don't I can be open with people. Right. I don't need to hide myself back right. from people. And literally at that point was when I started actually having friends and having friendships in my life and right and going because you're be, being you, right? Just I'm just being you. Yeah. yeah. And people like whoever we are, whoever you are, whoever I am. People like if we're just us, if yeah. we're just genuine, because God put gold in all of us. Mm -hmm. And when we can let that show, it's, it's a beautiful thing. So anyways, the, the timing of my life 
when I quit pornography, had this realization that I can be open with people and then had friends, it directly coincides with when relationships got better in my life. Wow. So it's kind of interesting. And then, yeah, I mean, God uses our brokenness and our past to then impact other people and go to people and say, hey, this is what God has brought me through. You're where I was. Well, now I'm where you can you can be, <laughs> right? Wow. And I know the way that you can get here. And so now let me impact you. And, and it's been cool to go out and share my story and share what I've learned and impact some people. For, I mean, for those listening, you may not know Matt, but he has an amazing ministry called Restored. And I've had the privilege of being able to work with him and, you know, and see kind of how God's used him through his ministry. But how about share a little bit about Restored and, and what you what you do with that and how God's using that ministry? Yeah, Restored Ministries is what ultimately came out of God coming in my room that night and saying, I want you to start ministry helping people with with pornography and you know there's awesome organizations that promote the awareness of the harms of pornography and that talk about sex trafficking and human trafficking and we need all those organizations with restored it was very intentional to have the focus beyond equipping people with the tools to get free with intimacy with jesus because we want people to understand who they truly are and we want people to understand how to think powerfully and have the mind of christ and have his spirit be the strength and so we want to equip people to get free from pornography and then be able to live powerfully for the Lord. And so there's conferences that we do and there's events, there's workshops for youth and for parents and men's breakfasts. And and then there's online programs and obviously the podcast. And there's a lot that people can check out. And so we just want to help people, men and women, get free from pornography and start living powerfully for the Lord. It's an amazing ministry. You should definitely check it out. Go check the website out. What's the website again? RestoredMinistries.ca. RestoredMinistries.ca. Go check it out. Plug into what he's doing. I highly encourage you. I mean, if you're listening to this and you're not sure where to turn or, or what's the next step for you, please check that out. Matt's here to, to be a resource for you and the amazing ministry that God's trusted him with. He, he's the next step for you for sure. That said, I mean, your ministry, of course, but Someone listening right now, maybe they're thinking, okay, what do I do? What do I do with this addiction that I'm battling? What do I do to get free? What would you say to them right now? Yeah, honestly, I'd say three things. I'd say number one, pray lots because that's how I got free. That's how I want you to get free. I want you to be praying and be dependent on God to get free. Number two, go talk to somebody. Like scripture says to confess our sins to God, but it says confess our sins to each other too. Mm -hmm. Um, And so if we only talk to God and not each other, we're not fully doing what God wants us to do, right? And right. so he He gives us kind of the blueprint for the best way to, to live. And so, so go talk to someone that you trust, that's trustworthy, that would be confidential. They won't go expose you. But share your story. Just say, call them up. Say, hey, can I go for coffee with you? I need to share some things with you. And that's going to be super powerful to do that. And once, like I was saying, like when I did it once, then I did it a second time with someone else, then a third time with someone else. And so I just kept finding people to share with that I trusted. So do that. And then the third thing I would say is restoredministries.ca has really great tools to train you up in the in a mindset that will be something that you can take moving forward. So you don't have to have that fear like, oh, this is going to be something I struggle with my whole life. Or if I get free, am I going to stay free, right? Well, you can do that. And, and we have online programs that will equip you in that and that are really powerful. So pray, talk to someone, and then get trained in the mindset that you need. Yeah, those are great tips. And I think that it can be really overwhelming for people at times because it's such a big thing. And for some people that maybe that are listening, it's been part of your life for 5, 10, 15, 20 plus years and you don't really know what to do. So these are good practical advice tips that Matt's given. And we encourage you to definitely take those steps. You don't have to do this alone. 
And we can't do it alone. It has to be done in community. So keep that in mind. Check his ministry out. As we move forward in these podcasts, we're going to be unpacking a lot of great topics. My testimony will be the next week. You know, plug into what we're doing here. We're going to really unpack some cool stuff. We're going to delve into some some different topics here that we hope will, will engage you and help you and some steps too for you to take. Keep plugging in. We're going to be here as much as we can to just talk to some great guests and, and just have the discussion. We need to have the discussion. Thanks for listening. We're really thankful that we can have people plugging into this because this is a step for you. Engage with this, listen, we'll go from there. But we just want to bless you and well, we just thank you for, for listening. And anything else you want to add to that, Matt? Make sure you subscribe, make sure you share with your friends, and we'll have show notes on the website. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> That's right. So thanks again, and we'll see you next week. Thanks for listening. If you would like to hear more, please visit purevictorypodcast.com to subscribe. This podcast was made possible by the generous donations of our subscribers. If you would like to help support the cause financially, once again, please visit purevictorypodcast.com.